consider yourselves hashtag blessed because you've just stumbled across the Gay Agenda YYC, a podcast that spills the tea on all things LGBT and Q in the Calgary area. So join me at the Gay Agenda YYC and the squad hashtag trademark as we solve all your first world gay probs one hashtag at a time. Gay y'all and welcome back to another episode of the Gay Agenda YYC. Uh, I can't believe we're finally back. Woot! Good lord, we've taken a <laughs> unexpected hiatus, um, but we are now back, so you can rejoice and definitely feel that you are hashtag blessed to have us in your lives. So I am Gay Yoda, and with me, as always, is my loving husband uh, at Captain Nerd 87 Say hello, Eric. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that was very staccato gay. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> my god a lot of shit's been going down for us in the past like month and a half since the beginning of the year it has been a truly crazy it has been a whirlwind so we're kind of wanting to talk about it and bring it into perspective so that's going to be the whole topic of today's podcast is dealing with change yeah because we had to change a lot uh, in the past like two months the biggest news is that what we have is that we've moved into a brand new house. In a brand new house. That we bought. We've bought a house, so we've totally adulted, and we have purchased a house Yeah, um, that we had got built. So it's brand new. It's all ours. It's amazing. It, we're still kind of reeling from that. Um, at the same time we had to move, Eric was still broken. And I had just transitioned from my cast into a boot. Yeah. So I was still learning how to walk properly again. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that, and at the same time as that, Eric started a new job. Yes. And I am still transitioning from my old role last year, and then I had stepped down to a, l- a lesser role. So I'm still dealing with all of that. So just this past six-month period has been so much change in our lives that uh, we thought it was actually a good time to sit back and reflect on how we actually deal with some of the changes in our lives. And I think, for the most part, um, I, I don't want to uh, pinpoint it and pigeonhole. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Pigeonhole and saying there's like two directions that you can take. You can either make good choices or you can make bad choices. Because I think there's always what it seems to be like a good choice at the time is not a proper choice in the long run kind of thing. So, I don't know. How have you, how have you felt over the past, say, like six months with everything going on? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm usually not one to deal... I'm, I'm getting better with dealing with change. I used to not deal with change very well. Um, but I've definitely been getting better. Um, what I realized is that change is good and okay. I need stability, though. And that's where I've struggled a lot. Because the last um, three months, like we'll say the last quarter year for me has been a little unstable. Um, I got laid off from my old job because uh, they terminated my position. And at that same time, we were starting to finalize everything for the house. So I started to panic just a smidge. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it was Christmas. And it was Christmas. So you still have to buy shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we had to. We were planning for a move that was two months away when uh, uh, I got told I was being laid off. So that lack of stability really irked me. Um, but I felt like I actually weathered that pretty well, considering the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 
I, I just focused on, on one thing at a time or one problem at a time. And, and, um, obviously everything worked out. I was able to, I was able to have a job lined up before I even finished my old job. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty good. Yeah. I think, um, and I don't want to take all the credit for it, but I was pretty like really calm and cool and collected throughout most of the thing. I don't want to say that it's my old nature because my old nature is to procrastinate. Like, I just, um, if anything is to happen, like, that's how I used to deal with change, that I just ignore it. Like, it's not happening until the ultimate time that it is, and then panic. Like, that is literally, that is how I used to deal with change. Ignore it until you can't ignore it anymore. That's also how I dealt with every problem in my life. But how are we married? Because like I'm the one that has to plan everything like six months in advance. I know, and that, but that's right. Like I've that's why I let you do all the planning, and I just go with it. I'm like, yeah, whatever he wants to do, you can do whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. It's not because I have a lack of planning skills. It's just that I just prefer not to. Yeah, which is funny because in my job, that's what I'm supposed to do is plan and execute those plans, and that's what I do. I just in my own life, I never did it. I think a lot of that uh, has, has come to light, at least for me, because I've been um, seeing the crazy doctor for the past year. Mm-hmm. So I've done a lot of personal reflection and figuring that stuff out. But I think instead of me over the past few months being actually uh, not, it wasn't procrastinating. It was actually being like having a positive outlook on it and that, you know, everything is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We are going to get through this. We do not have to panic as soon as things as soon as one thing happens. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, I, I don't know if that worked for you. Like it, me it, being a little more. It did, especially when I got the, the, the news that I was being laid off. Mm-hmm. I think I came home that night and I panicked. Yeah. I was having a panic attack because I'm like, holy fuck, we have a mortgage to pay. Yeah. And you're like, okay, but like you've been with the company, the company that I left for 11 and a half years. You're not going to have an issue finding a job yeah. because like everyone sees you as long term like yeah and you're not leaving by choice yeah so like we are we already know that you would get some kind of uh, there was financial restitution yeah because you was with the company so long so we like so that kind of went away it, like the financial worry at the beginning went away but then long term we still can't rely on you running off of that so yeah. you still had to get a job that's great but we knew you had time yeah and I think because you were ready for it. Like, yeah, initial panic. Okay, let's deal with it. Let's have a plan. Let's go. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what happened. You got a job in three days. Yeah, I think I took the weekend to kind of stomp my feet mm-hmm. uh, and, and and cry a little bit. Well, yep. actually, I didn't cry, but I did stomp my feet. I was pretty pissed. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. agreed. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I went into work and I'm like, I'm just going to take like, I think I took the last three weeks of December off. You took all your, well, I, I told you. I'm like, yes, you're you've like, got all your vacation, vacation pay. Yeah. Just take it. Yeah. Like, why not? So, yeah, that's what you did. Yeah. So, but I'm, but I'm glad I, I did that. I'm glad yeah. I followed your advice and took that because I know that, wise man. that freed me up to do some interviews and that's how I got my job so quickly. And then I was just able to relax. Yeah. And I think I we packed the house a little bit because we decorated for Christmas. Yeah. And then I broke myself. Fucking idiot. <laughs> and that was a challenge in itself because because yeah. not only did I break myself and I had to completely change my normal morning routine. Mm-hmm. I was having to do that well getting used to a new job mm-hmm. and just like that was that was was been my biggest struggle the last two months is yeah. my ankle. Yes. 
Yeah. I, I really think that we've been each other's, I don't want to say rock, but lazily sounding board for the whole thing that's been going on for the last six months. Uh, yeah, we're married, so obviously that we're supposed to do that for each other, but fuck whatever. Like, I've been able to bounce off you. These are the things that I'm worried about, and you, like, you can register them, and you can be like, okay, that makes sense. No, Terry, that's stupid. And then... Mm-hmm. Like, I'll do the same thing for you. Yeah. And it's, uh, even I think what you said before, like right at the beginning, is that change can feel, change is scary, but you still need to have, you still need to feel that you're in a safe place and have a safe harbor yes. when the storms are coming. Yeah. Right? So I think that's that's kind of the big thing. In, when, in any time that you're dealing with change, chances are, unless you're in a serious, crazy situation, that you're not changing everything all at the same time. Yeah. Right? Like... I mean, like, in our case, we changed a lot. Yeah, a lot <laughs> at the same time. Like, jobs, house, um, area of the city that we lived in. Yeah. But we still have each other, and we still have our pets. Yeah. Like, all that stuff's fine. But, it's, yeah, it's people that have to, you know, leave in dire circumstances and change where they live. Maybe they have to change their name, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot. But I think that if you find... Um, like a rock or a touchstone or something that actually grounds you, you'll get through it a lot faster and a lot easier. Um, Not to take away from anything that anyone has had to do like that. And yes, it can be tough. Sometimes you have to pick up and change your whole life. But it's still dealing with change is realizing that not everything about who you are is changing at the same time. It's just little bits and pieces. And I think I think self self care has been super important for us in the last six months. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, even we'll say even the last three because there's been so much that has happened that like we've had to at some point just take time to do something for ourselves. Yes, right. It's it, it can't always be about the changing and uh, all that stuff. You just some, you just need to sometimes step out of it and take a break. Yeah. Like, and to definitely do that for yourself. Yeah. And that's for anything that you're doing in life, yeah. right? Uh, you need to just sometimes step back and realize, um, you know, it's not always about this. But then even when you can, when you are able to step back and not be in it, you can reflect upon it and why you're doing it. Yeah. And I think that, because I'm, sh- I'm sure there was times when, hell, even, even me, knowing that I'm about to buy a house, I was scared to death. You were, yes. Like... Oh my god, like this is like getting serious and not the fact that it's because I'm being locked into any financial arrangement with you for the next <laughs> 22 years and 8 months, but it's the fact that I myself am getting locked into anything. Yeah. Like I I'm not really a fr- I don't consider myself a free spirit or whatever, but like I've never been that responsible for anything and now it's like I'm seeing it and I'm like, oh my god, why didn't I do this 20 fucking years ago? Yeah. But again, we c- I couldn't. Like, financially, I was never in a place that I could do it. Yeah. And it annoys me that there's I've got friends that right out of high school are buying houses. And I'm like, you worked at McDonald's for three days. How did you find the money for a down payment? But yeah. whatever. But I, I do want to say that, like, when it comes... So this house that we're in, I have been super proud of us. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of people, that, especially in my generation, where... Mom and dad have done a lot to help out and pitch in so that the person can get into this place. Yep. We have not. We did all of this on our own. Yes, exactly. And, like, so, uh, with the one side where, yeah, I'm panicking over the fact that I'm now an adult and I own my own house, I'm also, like, 
I own my own house. Like, that is such a sense of pride for me that I yeah. never thought I would have. Exactly. And we don't owe anyone anything yeah. to have this house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's, it is ours. It is all used with money that we had made ourselves. Yeah. And you, well, you would say, because you hung up some stuff the other day. Yeah. And you you are so proud of this house that you didn't even want to put holes in the wall. I know. I'm else. worried. Uh, we've lived in this house now for almost a month, and I haven't hung any art. Nothing is on the walls. Uh, the only thing that we've put on the walls are, like, those 3M Command sticky back. I can take them off without tearing anything. Yes. I'm like, okay, we can put that on. Beca- and so then um, I've, I've had these little uh, plant thingies that... And I needed plants in the house because I finally am like, okay, this is a, a, a house. Let's get some plants. So I hung them up. And yes, the first time I actually had to get a hammer and pound a nail in a wall. And I was like, do I do it? Do I do it? Like for five <laughs> minutes there, I'm like, I can do this. Just don't worry. It, it's in place where you can just patch it up if you don't like it. But yeah, I really had to talk myself through it. And now that, that at least that one thing is done. But it's because... It's a brand new house. No one's ever been here. And it's mine. Yeah. I don't want to ruin what is mine. Yeah. But you also hung those plants for you because that's part of your self-care is gardening. Yes. Yeah. Um, so about a week into us living in, moving into the new house, um, I think we had taken down a couple shelves into, into the basement that we were going to use to set up for my nerd, my nerd wall. Mm-hmm. And I sat there for like two or three hours and I set up my starships. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Even though... Nothing else had really been set up in the house. I set up that wall, but I set up that wall for me. Exactly. <laughs> like, that was my... It was it was the one thing I did to care for myself, where I'm like, okay, my starships are out. Like, now this is my home. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it, no, yeah, it makes sense. And I think that's... Like, we just need to keep remembering that it's... Uh, you can't do everything at once. Yes. And I know I've had people... They're asking, like, how long is it taking you to unpack your house? I'm like, it is an ordeal. Yeah. I, I did not. I don't remember our previous house taking this long to set up. No, we just have so much shit. It's ridiculous. And I also think that I want to realize uh, why do I always forget her name? Who was the one that does the feng shui thing? Marie or Marie Kondo. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I want to Marie Kondo every single thing that I'm taking out of a box. I'm like, do I need it? Does it bring me joy? Like, and then toss it. Yeah. But then I'm like, why the fuck did I pack it to move? <laughs> But I did, because I'm like, oh my god, this thing that I haven't seen in 10 years, I'm going to use it eventually. And this is exactly why it's taking so long to go through all the stuff. And like, I don't want to invest all that energy in seeing my old stuff and be like, do I need it? Do I want it? Because I know I have it. I'm a pack rat like that. Again, but I do need change. Yeah. And it's nice. Like, we got new furniture. We got new, like a new bed frame. We got a whole bunch of new stuff when we moved in here. Yeah. But yet we're still kind of hanging on to the past. And I think that's, um, again, indicative of a lot of the way that people live their lives. Yeah. Like you keep changing and changing, but you still glam onto the past thinking that... I, I don't want to say that it's like, you know, the, the football jock at his high school reunion reliving the good old days. But isn't that kind of what that is? Like, I don't need half the stuff that we moved with, but I only have it because I remember the feeling of having it. Well, and I know... The one thing that we've kind of done, and I'm glad we've done it, is we've taken it one room at a time to set up. Yes. Um, instead of, like, trying to do everything at once. And I think that's also kind of helped, is it's like, okay, so today we're going to focus on the living room. And then we're going to focus on the kitchen. And so as we as we go through, like, 
our, I think our bedroom was the first room to be actually completed and put together. Because I think we kind of, it had to be, because you live in it. Yeah. Like, it's an important room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it was that we, because we tried to move our bed frame, um, and we ended up having to buy a new one, which, whatever, yeah. new frame. Um, but as soon as we got that frame in there, and we got the dresser we wanted, it was all of a sudden, it's like, okay, this room, we're comfortable in this room. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And so it... It kind of it, it it in itself then becomes your grounding touchstone, yeah. And you feel that it's your place, and you're ready to move on to the next. So, yeah, it's like it, again, change. It's not everything all at once. Take it in small steps, yeah. If you can, like again, there's going to be times that you can't, but it's. I think you, you want to make sure that you're taking everything and looking at it in perspective. Yeah. And once you've done something, take a step back, appreciate what you've done. And then revisit it all and then well, keep moving forward. I think, it's, I think we also need to understand that it is okay for chaos to ensue. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it happens, and our moving day proved that. And it, as it always does. Yes. Yeah. So we, we'd, had, we'd had a bunch of people come help us. Um, and as we were loading up the first truck, Ahura got out of the yard. And so <laughs> she was, used to be really good. She just hanging out in the yard. We could have the gate open and bring yeah. stuff in. And it was like she knew that shit was going down and mm-hmm. we were on a time crunch, so she booked it. Yeah. And it was that wasted half an hour trying to bring her back half home. An hour, it was like an hour and a <laughs> half, more like it. I was like running across the neighborhood. She was like two kilometers down in a hill in a park. My God, I wasn't ready. I didn't have a jacket. Yeah. It, it was like cold and, oh, I was so mad at that girl. Mm. All right. Um, while he bring, while he brings that up, and now I can ruminate on how angry I was with our daughter. We're going to take a short break, and hopefully, I will have medicated myself enough to snap out of it when we come back. Okay, hold on. Oh, and we're back. Look at us go, all those boys on Grinder, Right. Wanting to change our lives. Well, it's because we're in a new area. So. I know. So we are the fresh meat for once. Exactly. My God, it's... Okay. First of all, I need to tell you how exciting I am. No, wait. I am exciting. But how exciting Same. it is that I am the fresh meat. Like, this is great. I know. I got all these, like, random kids, like, messaging me. I'm like, first of all, you're 18 and 19. Um, I'm, like, legally old enough to be your father, which is gross. Like, no, don't message me. It's just although I'm I'm surprised at the number of people that are like within less than a kilometer of us. Yeah, like we thought we moved out into the boonies. I know, but apparently this is the new neighborhood. <laughs> like, okay, we'll take it. Okay, so we're talking about dealing with change, and we just spent whatever talking about how much we loved our recent changes, whatever. But uh, there are changes you can kind of plan for. Yes. And then there's the changes that you're not ready for. How do you, Eric, deal with them differently? Or do you? Like, do you deal with change the same way all the time? No. Okay. Uh, so I, if, <laughs> if it's something that I haven't planned for or that I can't plan for, I almost shut down. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that, that was, that's been the biggest difference between... Um, like the this last because obviously I don't you don't plan to be laid off yeah exactly um so 
but I didn't shut down here, and I think you actually had a lot of to do with that because you're like, okay, well, no, whoa, mm-hmm. we can plan for we can plan some of this after I got over my initial shock. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, we can actually plan for some of this, um, but otherwise, I usually just shut down, and then I usually need a day or two, and then I can come back and be like, okay, now we can move on. Yeah. Um, for the stuff I can plan for, I'm an over planner, and mm-hmm. I think you learned this. Mm-hmm. Where like, like for the changing of our address, I think I was trying to move, or I was trying to do the foreign address thing like six months. Yeah. Out, and you're like, <laughs> stop. Whoa. We can do that in January. Yeah, you're still living here. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think is funny because I'm exact opposite. In um, so when I see. Changes that I am that are far in advance and that I could be ready for, I totally ignore them because I'm such a procrastinator. I'm like, either the the change that's inevitably going to happen is going to change in itself, so I don't have to worry about that change, or I'm going to deal with it when it gets here. But when if there's a change that is happening without my knowledge or consent or readiness, I am like grabbing it by the horns and I'm like okay let's fucking go like it doesn't make sense like I am why can't I put this much gusto and like and like and readiness into change that I know is coming but if it's something that just hits me I'm like goddamn Bruce Willis and die hard and I'm just getting through it however best I can like I've got all the plans and all of the technique in the world I don't know what happens and I think that when you're with someone that is opposite like that and it does complement well Mm -hmm. but I also think because yeah when you were ready like when you were laid off and it was a shock to you you shut down but the first thing I thought of was like okay how are we going to get through this yeah like that's just it was automatic (laughs) it's like okay not the end of the world move on let's go but if it would have been like oh my god okay so they might be getting rid of my job and blah 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 I'm like nah deal with it when it comes like that's exactly what it would have (laughs) been I, I just I never I never understood that about myself, and I, it's I, I think it's because intrinsically I don't like change. Yeah, I don't think a lot of us do. Maybe some do. People change a lot because they just you know they're happy with you know always feeling new experiences and whatever, whatever. But a lot of us just get in the old habits and don't like change. But I, I think it's always been for me that I don't fear change because once it's here, I embrace it. But I don't hunt or seek out change. Mm. I think that's kind of the way I am. Yeah. I don't know. Because you're right. We do tend to get stuck in our set in our ways. Um, and so, like, for as much as, like, I talked about leaving my old job, mm-hmm. I truly had no plans to leave my old job. Oh, yeah. You just bitched like, about it all the time. I just bitched about it. And then I was going to, you know, uh, talk to my boss and be like, can I work from home? Like, you know. Nine out of the ten days in a pay period. So, like, I so I don't have to see these people that I can't stand. Exactly. Having to be kind of being forced out. Yeah. Um, was we're like, okay, well, I wanted to change, so let's just go do it. Exactly. This is what you wanted. Yeah. Uh, you can't give it the stink eye because this is exactly what you've talked to talked about for so long. Exactly. And now that it's here, don't fucking be all exactly. And like I, I was, I was. When I was looking for a job, I definitely wanted somewhere where, like, I'm like, I don't want to leave. Like, I don't, I want to be someplace forever. Yeah. Um, but even, like, the, my current job, it's only a year and a half contract. Yeah. And when that was brought up to me, I was still, I was like, uh, and you're like, baby, just take it. Yeah. 
Because worst case, best case, you get taken on full time, mm-hmm. and you're there for forty years. Yeah. Worst case, you're out in a year and a half. You have something else you're you're putting on your resume, and again, you're not leaving by your choice. You're leaving yeah. because the, the contract, the contract ended. ended. And still, it's a year and a half. Like exactly. that's it's okay. And I think I think it's my generation and below that are coming to terms with a lot of that. That jobs aren't really meant to last forever anymore yeah like um it's it's actually in their uh, what's the new statistics like millennials and around that are have what 15 different career changes in their lifetime yeah like i couldn't imagine having 15 career changes i've worked in like four different companies my entire life <laughs> and uh, two of those were like 10 plus years yeah yeah like that's just like, that's what i do well, i find a job and i stick with it I know the people who have like side hustles. Like, I, I've had one time where I've worked two jobs. Yeah. Um, and like that drained me. Like, it's, I don't it get it. It is exhausting. Like, I don't get how people can do that. Yeah. But I also know there are people out there that love, like, they would spend every day working if they could. Yes. I know. And I think that, yes, you need a break. Like, you need to have time off and you need to be able to be yourself and whatever, whatever. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, because of the economy and everything right now, a lot of people are forced into having. Two jobs. Yes. Or more. <clears throat> so they can't even have that time to themselves. So it's like, God, we can't just like, we can't find a a, a good balance anywhere. Because yeah. yeah, any of the, any of the boomers, because that's who was above me. I am Generation X. Do not call me a boomer. They are, they're used to like, again, live, working a nine to five job, Monday to Friday, 35 years, then retiring. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. You go to the same job, everything for your entire life yeah and it doesn't define you like your work does not define who you are but i think now a lot of it does so i think that's kind of how it feels for a lot of people usually when okay you go to a swanky dinner party or whatever they ask you what your name oh what do you do yes right so it kind of always it will always somehow define who you are by what your job is like Hi, my name's Terry, and I'm, oh, I'm a janitor. Like, if it was that kind of thing, it would, like, you always feel like, you know, I clean toilets for a living, but it's not what defines me. Yes. It's not my passion. Yeah. But, (laughs) like, are people nowadays, are they always going to look for their passion? I think that's, they find it more important to enjoy what they do. Yes. Versus just do what they do to get a paycheck. Yeah. So, they are way more apt to change their lives than people were like before them. Yes, because I think with the concept of the nuclear family was, and that that's where we're because we're moving away from the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, there is more. You don't have to go to that nine to five accounting job that you fucking hate. Yeah, uh, just to pay the bills. You can, um, you know, y- y- yes, you do the one thing so you can pay the bills, but then you try this other thing to see if that turns into a yeah. long term thing. Yeah. And it's, I think it's, it's getting better for some people. Yeah. But then it just leaves a wider gap for a lot more people because some people still have to fill those gaps that people don't want jobs for. But we also have people working so much longer. So now we're having to go and seek out those opportunities, right? Because like, like uh, the, the boomer generation, like, yeah, there are a bunch of people who have retired in 65. There are still people who are working in their 70s and 80s. And we're like... Go, yeah, right. So it's it's kind of stopping the the 
pipeline of succession. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if they were, if everyone was still retiring at sixty five, I think we would still have a lot more people stuck in those jobs that they just can't stand. Yeah, agreed. Again, it's I think it's the fear of change yeah. that is not allowing other people to make those leaps into yes. something that they want to do. Yeah. And even with making the choices when the change comes, I think it is the fear of change that really dictates a lot of how we deal with anything. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> there's people that really, really fear change. Yes. Like, they aren't ready for it either. I just don't like it. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'll take it if I need. Like, <laughs> I know it's inevitable. I know in life, change is always inevitable. You're never going to be status quo your entire life. There's always going to be something. Be it big, be it small, you are always changing yeah. somehow. Um, and I realize it. I just, you know, don't like it. But there's people that will hold on to things because they just, they fear change so much. Well, and then they just become out of touch with, like, reality in the world. My brother is like that. So mm-hmm. Because my brother, who's autistic, um, he's very set in this is the routine of how things go. And so something has some straight from that routine, it, it completely throws them for, for mm-hmm. like the next couple of days. So my mom, to, to help battle that, yes, she lets him have his routine to a certain point. But then she'll be like, oh, you need to go do this today. And I like tell him like 10 minutes before he's got to leave to go do it. Yeah. And he hates it. Yeah. He like, he, he, he absolutely destroys him. But mom does that because it's, it's to show him that, you know, sometimes things do go astray. Yeah. Right. And so like, you just got to go with the flow. Exactly. And you can't be setting your routines all right? the time. And so like when they go grocery shopping, he's like, how much, how many, how many things do we need? Mom's like, we need 10 things. And then she'll be walking through, she'll be like, oh, I need blank, blank, and blank. And he's like, mom, that's not on the list. And she's like, yeah, I know. I knew we needed them. I didn't tell you they were on the list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think it's it's a good point. Like, starting with the uh, ability to accept change in small formats mm-hmm. will hopefully translate in your ability to accept change in a large format. Yeah. Right? Okay, so if you if you're like me and you don't eat any of your vegetables, sorry, I'm a carnivore through and through. I do not eat vegetables. I'm sorry. You're not going to change that. No, like you were like it's not that I fear change. I just do not like vegetables. <laughs> okay, yes, you can start feeding me little bits and pieces of you know a vegetable here and there, and maybe I'll like it, but. In the event that I ever want to do vegetables, I will eat raw vegetables. Yes. That's how I like them. I like a salad. Yeah. I like raw vegetables on a platter. So like, like I will eat them. <laughs> so that in itself has changed to me because that's not normally what would be in my food. Exactly. So like but family dinners. Yes. My family knows to put out a little bowl of baby carrots for yep. you because I like, I like <laughs> and that is the veggies you will eat. That's, yes. I'm not going to eat your nasty squash. I'm not going to eat no turnip. I'm not going to eat no broccoli. Nothing like that. It's just give me some raw carrots and call it happy. Yeah, like I'm eating Where's, my orange. So at Christmas, Christmas dinner, uh, it was a potluck, and so we all brought different dishes to kind of help ease the burden of cooking. And um, I know my aunt had brought this broccoli dish <laughs> that I love. Like, the whole family loves it, and yeah. it's it's like broccoli and almonds, and I don't even know what's all in it. It's just delicious. So I'm taking like big scoops of this and you are giving me the eye of judgment because yeah, I'm yeah. eating cooked vegetables. Yeah. And I'm like, and I go back for seconds and you're like, who even are you? I'm like, you should try this. It's delicious. You're like, um, no. I'll just sit here and like 
snap my carrot. Yeah. yeah. Exactly what I did. Again, it's not one of those things that I fear change. It's just I, I don't like it. I, and I know what I like. I am, you know, in advanced years, I'm not going to change. Yeah. Um, and oddly enough, I think that would actually make a really good topic to talk about how old people don't like to change. So that segue will be coming up in just a moment, right after this short break. Now we're talking about those old codgers. <laughs> uh, those ones that were always worried about going to, you know, Thanksgiving dinner with, and then you have to either worry about yourself with grandma and grandpa or Uncle Jeb or whatever because they're going to, you know, they're going to talk politics that you don't believe in. Mm-hmm. They're going to talk about your lifestyle that they don't believe in. They are going to not agree that you could bring your boyfriend or whatever. So have we noticed a change in that type of person over the years? I think it's gotten better. I think there's a lot more acceptance from the older boomer generation than there was in the past. And I think there's a whole, like maybe we're not giving them enough credit and not allowing them to change. Well, I I think what it is is, the, the the tail end of the boomer generation have been open enough that they, they've been able to start to change where they've been too set in their ways. And I also think it has something to do with the fact that the younger generations are really challenging the status quo. Mm-hmm. Like, we are no longer putting up with Uncle Jeb's homophobic remarks. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, Uncle Jeb has to learn how to use TikTok or Snapchat. No. But... At least he knows how to use his iPhone. Yeah. I guess this is, well, a, this is a good thing. You know, and, and, and like, you know, uh, Grandma Joe and, you know, Grandpa Billy Bob. Uh, <laughs> I think all of our family is from the deep south. <laughs> um, you know, they don't have to necessarily agree with the gay lifestyle, mm-hmm. but they have to treat my partner civilly when I bring him home. Yeah. And I think. Uh, again, that it goes to what they accept versus what we accept because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Uncle or Grandpa Joe Bob. Billy Bob. Billy Bob. Maybe Aunt Grandma Joe is his third wife. Yeah. Do we pass judgment on him? Do we not accept that this is just how life is? Like, yeah, you can have three wives. Yeah, you can have two kids with missing teeth. Sure, you've got a sister-brother-mother combo. I don't know. But... Does that actually work? No, maybe not. That does not. What are you talking about? I don't know. But still, it's like, I think as people in the LGBTQ community, we are way more, we are accepting of a lot of weird shit just because we know that we had to accept ourselves. So we are accepting, uh, like, conversely. But I think because of our, um, I don't want to say forced visibility, well, we are being very forceful with our yep. our visibility. I think it is opening the door to more um, transparent conversations within families. Mm-hmm. So now you're not finding out that you know when Grandpa Billy Bob dies that you know Grandpa Billy Bob had you know 
Grandma Joe and then this other woman and other family on the side and you know or a gay lover or because how many like how many storylines do we see of that where you know this this older person dies and then all of a sudden this whole deep secret history comes out and you're yeah. like where did this come from or let's I don't know I'm taking this out of left field but or the fact that you thought your father was okay with your gay lifestyle for 15 years and then you realize that he's not because he makes homophobic remarks and realizes that he doesn't like it at all. Jeez, I wonder where that came from. That was like way out of left field. I know. Like, I don't even know where I came up with these stories. <laughs> Anywho. Um, okay. Change is not always easy for everyone, apparently. So, let's touch on your father for a second. I'm not touching my father. <laughs> well, no. So your relationship with him changed yes. pretty dramatically about four years ago now. Yeah, three years. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you handle? Okay, because because you and your brother were both affected. Yeah. How did you handle that change versus how you think your brother handled that change? I think um, me again. I I am able to make like like snap decisions in the moment on what's going to change and literally I the decision was cut him out of my life that's it I've had no further contact with him I don't want to I just I don't even want to hear his left handed apology if that's like you know what I mean like yeah. it's an apology just to say face I don't I don't care like it's not you you had X amount of time to say what you wanted to say and you've been hiding it all along. And yes, I know that that also means that I was hiding my gayness for a long time, but I never told him that being straight was okay. So technically it's not the same thing. Um, <clears throat> but, but were you hiding your gayness? Cause the, no. the partner that you had before me was in your life for like three years. Yeah. You would have brought him to family. No. Members. And I was like, I know I had been out to him for, 16 years, yeah. like seven, I'm, I'm, I'm going on my, almost my gay half-life now. Like it's, <laughs> I've been out almost half my life. Yeah. So he had ample opportunity to say what he needed to say about how he didn't appreciate or acknowledge or understand my lifestyle. That's fine. But to just do it the way he did, it was a slight on everything else that came for it. Mm-hmm. Like just... It was all kind of lip surface before that, and then we find out what he really felt, and it's like, well, then everything else, deck of cards, house of cards, all falls down. It's like that's so that's what it felt like to me. So I am I am very capable of cutting people out of my life. I don't know, I'm a cold bitch. I can do it. I've done it with friends before too. Like you slight me once, gone. Yeah. Ray, my brother, on the other hand. This is actually his father. Like, this is not my biological. This is his. Yeah. So he felt a, a more sense of a loss. So he is still, uh, every once in a while, he is trying to reach out to him and trying to connect the bridges again and trying to get some kind of relationship. I'm all for it for Ray. It's, he can do whatever he wants. Me, it, it's, does not, it's not a part of my life anymore that I need fulfilled. So then, if I, let me ask this follow-up then. If he were to change and come around and pull his head out of his ass and show you that he has changed, would that relationship change again? I, I don't know. Because can you can you believe it? Uh, that's the one thing. Like you always wonder, can people really change? 
like intrinsically who they are, can they change? And I want to say yes, because I want to think that everyone can change. Like, I want to think that everyone is capable of more and that everyone is capable of being a better person than they were yesterday. But we see that, for the most part, it's not something that is happening. Like, most people don't actively try to be the vectors of change within themselves and try to be better. They just are who they are. And if they don't, if they are in a situation where they don't like what they're seeing, they try to influence others, not let them be influenced by them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we know that your dad is older. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's close to age to my grandparents, right? My adoptive grandparents? Um, probably, yes. Just a little bit younger than that. Okay. Because I know, because my, my grandparents are early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at least I think, yeah, yeah. Papa Grandma, I apologize. I've got your ages wrong. <laughs> um, but your, so because of, of what your father's done, does it, impact the way you're able to interact with someone my grandparents age i don't think so but i i see everyone i I want to see everyone as their own person because i think that even people in our generation and we we know this we're all different we do not hold the same beliefs like there's going to be people um in their 70s plus that i worked i worked with one one of my favorite um, employees that I had at, the, at, the, at my old store, he was 73, um, and I was the one that was going through all of his retirement things with him. We were really good friends. He always asked, used to ask me how my day was, like, you know, and I knew about his life, he knew about mine. I was open and honest, and he knew all about you know my lascivious lifestyle, and he's, he's okay with it. He was, you know, he asked about, you know, how's your husband? I don't, know if I, I don't know if he actually ever used, came to terms with the word husband. He's like, you know, how's your partner or whatever, which is fine. But still, it's like, uh, he, even if he was, like, has he always been that way? Mm. Like he, has he always been open and accepting? Or am I the one that changed him? I don't know. But he still is, that's who he is. And it's not what I would have expected from an old Italian man. <laughs> like he's not, you don't expect it. But yeah, no, he was always, that's what I see. And you have to take everyone individually. You can't group people together. Um, I know that the first time I met your grandparents, I was giving you a kiss and your your grandmother gave me the death stare. (laughs) And I was like, what did I do? And then you told me that they're not really good with public displays of affection of like any kind. So they weren't really ready for it. So I'm like, okay, so it wasn't just us. But still, I'm like... If that's her first perception of me yeah. and me of her, it was very, it was an awkward one. But then fast forward five years later, and last Christmas, you know, the Christmas before, you got sparkly nail polish from my grandparents. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're ready for it. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> they could change. And I think, you know, even I think if my grandma was just happy that someone else in the family paints their nails. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it's, even if it's just a, if it's a surface if it's a surface thing and they're just like, you know, happy to go with whatever and they don't want to ruffle any feathers, I'm okay with that. It's like, it's okay. I don't, mm-hmm. intrinsically, I don't need them to see us as a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they are able to have their beliefs, we have ours, and we can both coexist. And I think that's kind of the other thing that we need to say is that not everyone has to be 
No. We don't have to have the same ideals and beliefs. But I also think it's it's okay to change some of your beliefs. Yes. Um, or to change your dial on some of your beliefs. Because I know my uncle and I, in the last couple of years, we've gone really close. Because we've had some really, truly amazing conversations where a question is asked and then we have to answer. Um, and by the end of it, we're all... We're, you know, I'm, I'm a little less liberal than I was going into the conversation. Yep. He's a little less conservative than he was going mm-hmm. into that conversation on certain subjects. So, is it important that we have these deep, com- not these deep conversations, but conversations in general? Th- these conversations in general over topics that five, ten years ago we would never have broached. Yeah, like like dinner table conversation has totally changed. Mm-hmm. Um, even with. Because um, I had conversations with your uncle. You guys chat for like an hour at Christmas. We did, yeah, and um, we both both said, you know, it's really it was really great that we had the time and the opportunity to have conversations because we rarely speak to each other. And I think because again, it's perception on a lot of things. Because he's the ultra Christian, um, I consider him ultra redneck because he goes hunting, and ultra conservative. And those are three things that just, like, get me triggered. Like, I back mm-hmm. away real fast. And I'm sure I trigger him on a lot of things. I am, like, ultra gay. I'm ultra liberal. And I am, like, here I'm wearing nail polish. And I don't mind wearing makeup when I'm at a family meeting. Yeah. Like, and I'm just so out there. But we had we had a great conversation about real things. And, like, he asked about relationships. And he asked about stuff like that. And it, we had like meaningful conversations Mm -hmm. and it wasn't superficial. And I think that kind of, we like scrapped all the stuff that we, all of the ideals that we had around each other and just got to like the center of everything. And that was important. Yeah. Right. Because if you, if I was there always trying to be like, well, I don't like the fact that you're hunting and I don't like the fact you go to church. No, that's exactly it. Cause then yes, you're going to argue on all those surface things. But we actually talked about his life. We talked about my life. And then, yeah, it was... Uh, we were both... I think we were both changing the perceptions that we had of each other at the same time. Yeah. And it was good. And again, it's like, that is one thing. I I never go into any meeting or anything like expecting to change my perception on people. Yeah. Because I like to think I'm a good judge of character. So the first instance I ever see someone is the picture that I have of them until the day they die. And that they were, you know, a bitch that you would, like, shove me in the locker. Thanks a lot, Brandy. Now that you're 68, I'm sure you won't do it. (laughs) But it's still what I see of you. And it's really difficult for me to change that. Yeah. But I don't know. It's I'm getting better. At being open and honest and being able to have those conversations with people. Well, that's where I think we have to also embrace how we change as we grow older and grow mm-hmm. wiser. Mm-hmm. Is all of a sudden, cause, because I think also as, as young people, when we're at a certain age in our late teens, early 20s, even mid to late 20s, we're very set in our ways and our beliefs. Like we are, this is how it should be. Yeah. And I think it takes having those meaningful meaningful conversations with someone who's on the other end of our belief system Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, so maybe I don't need to be as hardcore on this belief. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's the whole, once you've come out 
and then you're really embracing that lifestyle, you are like 100% raw, raw. Yeah. And you are like fighting the gay agenda to your dying breath. And no one is going to get in your way. But it's like you come, like there comes a time when you realize that it's not just like you're not the only lifestyle out there. Yeah. yeah. Like we, we need to find a, a part in with everything else. Okay, I'm going to actually pose the question to you. Do you think that us as people in the LGBTQ2 plus community, are we more receptive to change than our straight slash other counterparts? Um, I think the older generations of our community are. Okay. Um, because we fought so long for change. So when we see change, we're like, fuck yes, let's bring it on. Okay. I think we're... We're getting stuck right now. Is that the younger generations coming into the community are very stuck in their ways? Okay, and I think it. I think that that rigidity is is hindering us as a community. Which I think <clears throat> I kind of agree. Although I think it, what's what's really weird is if we have changes within our community, they're all like the first to embrace it. Like if we add a new designation like yeah. you know when pan comes out and then you know and then poly and then a and then whatever whatever everyone in there is the first to embrace it because they can understand it and yes now we finally got a name to a label and yes this is me and whatever but yeah if there's outside influences that are trying to change them they take it as a insult to their very core being yeah and it has nothing to do with who or what they are it's just this what's happening in the outside world. Yeah. And I think that's also, like, we do need to realize that we need to, yes, live our lives, but also be able to live in a world where everyone else is living their lives as well. Yeah. Well, I think, so, for the longest time, so, uh, we, we've looked at pioneers, like, I'm going to put, I'm going to talk about Ellen DeGeneres, because she was... I don't want to say she was the first character to come out on television, but... One of them. She was definitely one of them, and she was... I, I, I feel like she was the most publicized mm-hmm. of, of the coming outs we've seen, um, and she, she definitely was a pioneer for that. So for the longest time, Ellen was put on this enormous pedestal as the end-all, be-all, the epitome of, mm-hmm. of the gender and sexually diverse community. Yeah. And I think she's intrinsically... A fantastic person. Yes. I know she brings a lot of joy to people. She tries to help people. She doesn't necessarily discriminate in who she associates with. And so, a couple of years ago, when she was at um, the baseball game with Bush Jr., mm-hmm. George um, W., George w. Um, people were up in arms and ready to cancel her because she, how dare she associate and be friendly with a Republican that stood up and, and hated us and blah, 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 blah. It's like, I get it. Yeah. I get the anger of associating with Bush because, like, yeah, he does not like our community. He's never liked our community. He probably never will like our community. Yeah. However, first of all, she's coming from a very rich, privileged position. Mm-hmm. Um, and second of all, like, who she associates with isn't necessarily our business. Yeah. And third... Maybe she changed his dial on a couple things. Well, and see, and that's just it. Like, literally, that could be the same scenario as me and your uncle at Christmas dinner. Yeah. Right? So here's this gay person talking to this conservative redneck. 
Yeah. Take it out of context and switch some genders. That is Ellen and George W. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it is. So, like, no one's canceling me for trying to talk to your uncle. No. Because we are having a conversation. It's the same, like, even if Ellen was like, yeah, he's my friend, that's, you know, whatever. I can be friends with people I don't necessarily like. Yes. Or I do not believe in their ideals. But I can still be friendly to you. I can accept you for who you are and not just because you don't think the same way I do. Yeah. And that's that's one of the problems I think we have is that we're surrounding each other only with people that are like us. And that just feeds into our own little yeah. insanity that we've got well, going on. I, I think we need to also understand that there's a difference between big, uh, big C conservative and big L liberal. Yeah. And little C conservative and little C liberal. Yes. Right? Yep. Uh, and so, like, whenever like you, you talk about my uncle being conservative, I think my uncle is small C conservative. But I see him as big C. Uh, well, you see yeah. him as big C because the, you hear conservative and you're like, oh my god, Jason Kenney. And yeah. it's like, okay, no. The devil. <laughs> but in the same sense, whereas, like, I'm, I'm a small L liberal, but my uncle, or most conservative people, probably see me as a big L liberal and a Trudeau lover. And it's like... Exactly, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, no. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's, it's it's perception, and it's not stuff that we can fully. <clears throat> we can't change the perception of how people first see us. Yeah. Realistically, but we, we can, can we can try to change how they see us from before that. But again, like with me, I am a a large man. I've got these you know gauge earrings. I paint my nails. Sometimes I'm wearing glittery makeup. If I'm just, you know, on the street and someone get that's their first view of me, it's very difficult without actually having a conversation with someone to get them to change what their initial image of me is. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, once I open my mouth, oh god, yeah, he's still gay. But, you know, I'm kind of intelligent. I've got a lot of things to say. I'm just not a hot set of boobs. Yeah. Like, come on. But I think we also, like, we need to change the way, and I'm not, and I'm not just saying we as in the community, but we as a society yeah. need to change the way that we communicate with each other. Yes. Because I think that's the only way where we are going to change the world to be able to coexist. Yeah. In, you know, somewhat peacefully. And I'm not saying that we have found that way yet. Obviously no. we haven't. No, we absolutely haven't. And it's um, unfortunate that there is always going to be a contingent of people that don't want us to find the way to communicate because that keeps us at our level and them at their level. Yeah. Well, and, and like you, we just had uh, our friend Chris here. Yep. Um, and he made a really good point off mic where, you know, we I brought up social media and he said that, so he and, he, and I agree with him, that social media is hindering us as a society yes. because all of a sudden we can be brave and see the unfiltered things behind mm-hmm. you know a keyboard yeah. and a faceless avatar yeah. um, and that's not an effective means to communicate communication is a two way interaction yes that is what communication is I speak you listen you speak I listen that is communication just by Posting something on a message board or on Twitter or on someone's Facebook profile, that's not communication. That, uh, what's, I can't even remember what the word is. It's just, 
again, it's propaganda, I guess. Yeah. It's a, you're, you're saying something without any context and just displaying it for the world, mm-hmm. right? You are trying to bring forth your agenda with what you're saying. And you're trying to get people to, to like and follow and understand what your ideals are without giving that person the means with which to respond. Mm-hmm. So it's not a conversation and it's not communication. So, yeah. oh, well, I think <clears throat> we ain't going to solve all the world's problems today. No. Um, but I am hoping that we have talked about the dilemma of change enough for some of you to realize that it's a whole process it's not going to happen all at once and you can't expect it just to poof magically wait and appear like i usually do and it's not necessarily a bad thing when it happens change is great like that's what we like we also that's the other thing we need to remember is without change we wouldn't have been here yeah without change we will still be blobby amoebas in a pit <laughs> yes so, in case anyone ever real wonders where I stand on the evolutionary debate, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but change is necessary for life because it just it has to be. It's always there. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I've got. That's all I got too. No more words of wisdom from my dear husband. All right, he's about to pass out because he hasn't had food in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that is all that we got. So we will. Uh, Chat you next time, kids. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Gay Agenda. Don't forget you can follow us all on the tweets, the instas, and on the Facebooks at The Gay Agenda YYC. If you like what we had to say, please like, comment, subscribe, leave a review, all that fun jazz. Thanks for listening, kids. Bye. Bye. Love and light, bitches.